The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. The book of Colossians chapter number three for our text reading here today, the book of Colossians chapter number three. We had a wonderful 9.30 early service, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you some of what the Lord has placed on my heart as we embark on a brand new series of messages that we've simply entitled Metamorphosis. And of course, for those of you who remember back to your high school science days, uh, metamorphosis is a process by which a, a caterpillar would turn into a butterfly. And it really speaks of this idea of growth and transformation, which is exactly what we're going to see in chapters number three and chapters number four of the book of Colossians. But before we dive into it, I want to ask you a quick question. Have any of you ever had an unexpected guest uh, show up at your house? Anybody ever been there? You weren't expecting it, you weren't planning on it, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, there they are, right? Unexpected guest. Uh, My wife and I had an unexpected guest that kind of caught us by surprise. In fact, I, I got this on film. I grabbed my camera for you guys to see this. Some of you may have already seen it on my Facebook, but guys, I want you to cue this up for the screens real quick and, and introduce you to our unexpected guest this week. That was uh, my wife in the background. Somehow a bird had made its way into our garage, flew into our home. It took us several minutes uh, to try to get that bird out of our house, and uh, it was somewhat of an unexpected guest. I I heard one person say it this way, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, all right? That's impossible. We couldn't do it. We couldn't even keep a bird out of our house, but you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but that doesn't mean you have to allow it to build a nest in your hair. And he's like, well, what is the point of that statement? It's, it was given in the context of our thought patterns and in our thinking. And, and basically, the principle is this. Just because a thought pops into your head doesn't mean that you have to dwell on it. Doesn't mean that you have to obsess with it. Doesn't mean that you have to allow yourself to continually stay focused on it. And so what he meant by you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair, it's the same way with our thoughts. We can't keep a thought from popping in, but we we can keep ourselves from dwelling on a negative thought or an unhealthy thought. And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about here even this morning. That, That leads us to our theme for the message today, and that is simply this. Our theme for this morning is wherever the mind goes, the man follows. Wherever the mind goes, the man follows. As I said a moment ago, this is the very first sermon in a six-week summer series through the book of Colossians, specifically chapter number three and chapters number four, where we are going to focus on this idea of growth, uh, transformation in our spiritual lives. Now, to give you some review, to give you some background on these two chapters, you'll remember in our last series, Secrets to a Satisfied Life, we focused on chapters number one and chapters number two of this book of Colossians. And, and those two chapters really focused on how Christ was enough for our life and for our godliness, to the point where in chapters number two of Colossians, uh, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, you are complete in Christ. 
everything that you need for your satisfaction, everything you need for a sense of significance and security, you already have in the person of Jesus. So that was chapters number one and chapters number two. Now in chapters number three and chapters number four, the Apostle Paul is going to talk about what it looks like when people really live in the reality that Christ is enough. When believers really believe that Christ is enough for their satisfaction and he's enough for their significance, what does that look like in their behaviors? How does it change their habits? How does it change their actions? And that's what's going to be unpacked in chapters number three and chapters number four. In fact, the Apostle Paul, as you read through this chapter, he's going to talk about how fixing our heart on Christ and all that he's done in us has the potential of changing our lifestyle. It has the potential of changing our families and our marriages and and even our careers. And so we're going to walk through that over the next several weeks in this uh, series, Metamorphosis, as we walk through chapters number three and chapters number four. Now, in the passage that we are going to focus on this morning, there is a, a, a bridge of sorts. So chapters number one and chapters number two, it really focused on a spirit that has been made alive in Christ. You are a new creature in Christ. The spirit of God comes within you and your spirit is made new. In chapters number three and chapters number four, the Apostle Paul is going to talk about what it looks like in your behaviors and in your actions and in your habits. But in this passage right here, chapters three, verses one, two, three, and four, it's kind of like a bridge between those two ideas. And the Apostle Paul is going to talk about how do we get from this place where we have been made new in our spirits to where now our behavior and our habits are also new. And these couple of verses are going to be the bridge on how we as believers move from just having it in here to having it expressed in our everyday life. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. We'll go to verse 1, 2, and 3 for our text reading here in just a moment. But before we do, if you're visiting with us today, we are so glad uh, to have you here. In fact, on your way in, you should have received a welcome guide. And inside of that is a connection card. I would hope that sometime during the service you'd fill that out. You'll have an opportunity later on to turn that in, or you can turn it in at the welcome tent. Uh, We even have a gift that we'd like to give you just to say thank you for being a part. Uh, But for our members and regular attenders, I hope you'll grab your service program that you should have received from an usher on your way in. Uh, On the inside of that is a Bible study guide. I want you to pull that out because we're going to march through these few verses. And I'm praying that the Lord will use this in our hearts to really help us take our next step in transformation, growth, or what we're calling in our metamorphosis, all right? For those of you who are physically able, I'd like to invite you to stand as we read from our text today. Colossians chapter number three. I'll begin reading in verse number one, and we'll read down through verse number four. The word of God says in Colossians chapter number three, verse number one, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, verse 2, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. By the grace of God, I want to speak on this subject of a transformed soul. 
a transformed soul. We talked about how in chapters 1 and 2 that transformed our spirit, the essence, the core of who we were. In the next few weeks, we're going to look at a transformed life or a transformed behavior. But today, in order to bridge that gap between our spirit and our behaviors, it really takes understanding what it means to have a transformed soul or our mind, will, and emotions being transitioned. And so we're going to just talk about that over the next few moments. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into our Bible study, shall we pray? Dear Graciously Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful and thankful that you have made us new in Christ. Thank you that you've allowed the Spirit of Christ to take up residence in us to those of us who believe. And I pray that we would not be a people and Christians who simply allow our spirit to be changed, but Lord, would you also change every other aspect of our life as well? I pray that you would use your word and these specific verses in this passage uh, to really transform our minds and transform our thinking so that we can align our lives with all that you have destined us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. All right, let's dive right in. Notice verse number one. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ. Well, what is that talking about? Uh, the Apostle Paul saying, if everything I talked about in chapters number one and chapters number two is true for you, that is, if you have received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you who were once dead, now you are alive in Christ. You are been risen with Christ. So if that is true, if everything we've talked about in chapters number one and chapters number two is true, he gives us a challenge. What's his challenge? Seek those things which are above. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, the Apostle Paul says, I want to encourage you, I want to, I, want to, I want to just challenge you to seek those things which are above. Which brings us to our first thought this morning, and that is this. A transitioned life or a transformed life, or the life of metamorphosis, all right? A transformed life begins with a change of focus. A change of focus. You see that right here in our text. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek after them. Seek after those things which are above. You say, what is this talking about? Seeking those things which are above. It's basically everything that the Apostle Paul has been referring to in chapters number one and chapters number two. He's saying, if you've been risen with Christ, if you are a believer, if you are a child of God, if you are saved, let me implore you, let me challenge you, let me encourage you to seek those things which are above. The Apostle Paul is encouraging this church and he's encouraging us to seek after spiritual things. You see, if everything that was talked about and shared in chapters number one and two is true, that is if Christ truly is enough for our satisfaction, if Christ truly is where we get our sense of significance from, if Christ really is what we hold on to for security, if Christ truly is enough, if we truly are complete in him, the Apostle Paul says, then seek after those things which are above. Seek after spiritual things. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 5, uh, encourages us, it affirms this truth when it says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, I'm just, I'm struggling in my flesh. 
man, I just, I, I just feel like, man, I'm struggling with this thing or I'm struggling with that thing and, and I just can't seem to get victory over this area or over this thing in my life. What, what this passage is teaching is those who live after the flesh are those who are focused on the things of the flesh. So if we want to see victory in the spirit, if we want to see victory in the spiritual realm, the place that it starts is by fixing our minds, by fixing our focus on spiritual things. And so we see where does, where does transition, where does metamorphosis begin? It begins with a change of focus. How many of you have been guilty of this like I have? You've been on your phone and, and you're walking and as you're kind of maybe texting or you're doing something on your phone, you're walking and all of a sudden before you know it, you maybe trip over something or you bump into something. How many of you have done this? You be honest, you know, there's been a time I've done, bumped into this or bumped into that. If you want to have a really good time, you can, actually, you can actually jump on YouTube and there's all these videos on YouTube of people who are on their phones texting or on social media and the next thing you know, they trip into a swimming pool, you know, or they're tripping over something or bumping into something. In fact, it's actually becoming such a big deal that several states are actually making laws against walking and texting. You know, you, you've heard of drinking and driving, and, and now it's walking and texting. In fact, in New York right now, it's in legislation, they're going to be making laws that you are no longer allowed to text and walk at the same time. Apparently, there are many who are in Manhattan, in, in New York, and uh, they're texting, and they walk in a row, they're getting hit by vehicles, it's becoming a very uh, dangerous thing, and so they're just passing laws, no walking and texting at the same time. Why? Because here you are, you're walking, you're supposed to be focused on those things that are in front of you, but instead you're focused on the things right here. You're focused on this and it, it takes you to a place that you wouldn't want to go or it hurts you in some way. It's the same in the life of a believer. You see, the Bible encourages us to seek those things which are above, but it's so easy for us, isn't it, to get focused on temporal things. To get focused on what's happening right here in front of us. To get focused on the physical realm. And all of a sudden, before we know it, we're getting tripped up. Before we know it, we're falling into things that, well, how did that happen? Or we're bumping into this and we're like, why is my Christian life not working quite right? It's because we're focused on this right here, the temporal things, rather than focusing on these things above. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here in verse 1. He says, if you're risen with Christ, if you're a believer, if you're saved, if you're a Christian, he says, let me encourage you, let me challenge you, let me implore you to seek those things which are above. Let's change our focus now. Because there are a lot of believers, they are saved, they have the Spirit of Christ inside of them, but they're still focused on the same things they focused on before they got saved. They're still focused on temporal things. They're still focused on the world around them. And so we see here, there, it has to start with a change of focus. Somebody once said it this way, you will never rise any higher than your lowest thoughts. You'll never rise higher than your lowest thoughts. So it starts with this change of focus. How do we go from having the spirit of Christ inside of us, where he's regenerated our spirit, how do we go from having our spirit changed to having our lifestyle change. How do, we, how do we bridge that gap? Well, the first step in bridging that gap, according to this passage, is a change of focus. But it doesn't stop there. Let's keep reading verse number two. It goes on to say in verse two, verse two, okay, verse one says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Verse two says, now set your affections on things above, not on the things on the earth. Uh, that word affection is an interesting word in the original Greek. That word affection is the word phrenohe. 
And it simply is a verb that speaks of a type of thinking that is both feeling and experience-oriented. So it's not a purely cerebral type of thinking. It's not a purely academic form of thinking. Though it involves that, it's also more than that. It's our, it's our affections. It's our passions. It's our values. It's the things that we enjoy. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, I want you to, I want you to set your affections on things above, which brings us to our next thought this morning, and that is this. A transformed life begins with a change of focus, which produces a change of thinking. All right? So it begins with a change of focus, which produces a change of thinking. You might be here today and you're saying, I just don't know how to change my thoughts. I don't know how to change, you know, what's going on in my head. Well, the first step to changing that is to change what you're focused on to change what grabs your attention and look for ways to sh shift your focus on things above. Why? Because when our focus changes, eventually our thinking will follow suit and that will change also. Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 23 says this, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. All throughout the scriptures, you'll see where the Bible talks again and again and again about the importance of a change of thinking or a change of mind. If you're here today and you're trying to change your behaviors, you're trying to change your lifestyle, you're trying to change your habits in some way, but you don't first address the thinking that is causing that behavior... You're just going to be in a vicious cycle of up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. You see, right here we're encouraged, no, we've got to get to the root of this. We've got to start with the heart of it, and that's to change our focus, which will then influence and affect our thinking. All right? If we want real transformation to take place in our lives, our thinking about things, our beliefs about things must also change. But as I said a moment ago, this thinking that we're talking about is not a purely cerebral type thinking. It's not simply an academic type thinking. It's, 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 it's that, but it's also more than that. Notice the word. Set your affections. That word affections or that word for nahil is simply this idea of our heart. Set your heart on things above. Set your passions on things above. Set your values on things above. We, we might say it this way. Set your enjoyment on things above. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Man, set your, set your heart on these things. Can I ask you this question? What is it that you set your heart on? I might say it this way. What do you anchor your hope for enjoyment in? What is it in your life that you've anchored your hope for enjoyment in? You're like, man, my hope, I, I'm, man, I really, I really am looking forward. I, I'm going to enjoy this, and I'm going to enjoy those things and enjoy these things. And what the scriptures are saying here, it's saying, hey, anchor your hope for enjoyment in spiritual things. What spiritual things do you look to to anchor your enjoyment to? What spiritual things do you really value? That you're really passionate about? That's important in that realm? 
And the scriptures are saying, hey, set your affections on things above. For many people in the world in which we live, there's a thousand things smaller than a relationship with Christ that they anchor their hope for enjoyment in. And it's not wrong to be like, oh, I can't wait to go on vacation. It's not wrong to say, man, I really enjoy my car. What it is saying to believers, it's saying for us, for those of us who are the children of God, there we should have, we should set our affections. There should be something about the spiritual realm and our experiencing of Christ and enjoying a relationship with him. There should be something about that that also stirs up something real in us. That we've set our affections, we've set our heart, we've set our passion on spiritual things as well. That's what he's talking about. Set your affections on things above. On things above. The Apostle Paul is trying to help the church at Colossae recognize this, this simple truth. That if, if your life is, if you're going to go as a believer from simply having your spirit made alive in Christ to where now your lifestyle is expressing that reality, it's going to start with fixing your focus on things above and setting your affections, your values, your priorities, your affections on spiritual things as well. That's where your mind is going. That's what, you've, that's what you've intended to find enjoyment in, is in the spiritual realm. According to several psychological studies, the average person has 40,000 thoughts a day. In fact, I think they threw up a picture of what it looks like. They've done some MRIs, and you can, this is literally thoughts in color moving through the brain. And you, you have about 40,000 conscious and subconscious thoughts that move through your brain every single day. If you're a guy, most of those thoughts revolve around food and what are we going to eat for lunch? What are, what are we going to have for dinner? Thoughts. Now, according to many psychologists, they have concluded based on some of these studies and based on analysis that of the 40,000 thoughts that seem to zip through our minds on a daily basis, 30,000 of those or three-fourths of those are unhealthy, negative, and destructive. It's interesting that in both a conscious and subconscious way, the majority of the thoughts that run through our mind are unhealthy. They're destructive. Uh, someone once said it this way, you can never get a positive spiritual life with a negative carnal mind. <laughs> There's so many Christians, they're like, I don't understand. I got saved. I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I know I'm made alive in Christ. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I know that the Spirit of Christ resides within me, and my spirit has been made alive. But why doesn't I, why is there no, why is there no expression of that in my lifestyle and in my habits, in the way I live? Well, one of the reasons is, is because we've never come to a place where we've allowed the Spirit of God to change our thinking. We don't surrender and allow the Spirit of God to change our affections and our values and our passions. And so while we might be saved, while we might be a believer, our focus is still on temporal things. We still think like the unsaved world. We still value what the unsaved world values. 
we still find our enjoyment in all the same things that the unsaved world finds their enjoyment in because we haven't set our affections, we've not set our heart, we've not set our values, we've not set our passions on spiritual things. And so it, our, because our thinking hasn't changed, our lifestyle doesn't change either. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, if you be risen with Christ, if you're a believer, if you're saved, seek those things which are above. Change your focus. And then he goes on to say, a change of thinking. But notice what it says at the end of verse number two. He says, set your affection on things above. And then he specifically says, and not on the things of the earth. There's a lot of things that we as believers tend to place our affection into. A lot of things that we anchor our passion to. A lot of things that we're like, that's, that's what's going to give me enjoyment. And we anchor our hope for enjoyment, our affections, our passion, our values to non-spiritual things. And the Apostle Paul is saying, if you're going to have margin in your soul to seek after those things which are above, it means you need to get rid of focusing on some other things. There was one theologian by the name of Howard Hendricks, and he had this to say in the context of our thoughts. He says, the secret of concentration is elimination. And in order to be effective, we must be selective. I think he was using some cute, rhymy language to simply remind us as believers of this truth. Most of us intend to focus on right things. Most of us have the intentions of thinking on spiritual things and having a passion for spiritual things. It's not that we don't want to think about spiritual things. It's that there's a thousand other things that distract us from that. And so the Apostle Paul is reminding us, he's saying, how hey, I want you to set your affection on things above. And then specifically, he's like, in order to do that, there's some other things you're going to have to eliminate from your focus and your thinking. And it's something we may have to be intentional about. So then I propose the question to you, what is it that you need to eliminate from your focus? What is it that you need to remove from your thinking? You see, if we don't eliminate some things, we're never going to get to a place where we can really obsess with all that Christ is for us and all that Christ wants to do through us. Matthew 6.33 says it this way, and all of us would be familiar with this verse. It says, seek ye first, the what? The kingdom of God. His righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Do you see the priority in that verse? Seek ye first. Seek ye first. There's a, there's a, a nature priority to this thing. It's not that there are not moments where we're going to mind the things of this world. We, we have to we live in a physical world. We have to go to work, and it's important that we take care of family. It's important that we make meals for our kids. There, there is a place for taking care of those things, but there's always a priority as well. And the priority is that we would fix our focus on Christ, that we would fix our affections on spiritual things, on the person of Jesus Christ, and that gets to take first place. And everything else that is in priority over that needs to be eliminated. Whatever, whatever edges that out we we need to figure out okay how, how how do i prioritize so that christ gets my best spiritual things get my focus in those ways so we see in verse number one we see a change of focus uh, then in verse number two we see a change of thinking a change of affections notice verse number three 
it says, for ye are dead. Wait a second. Paul said in verse number one that we're risen with Christ. What he's referring to is your old life is dead now because you were, you were crucified with Christ. Your old values, your old affections, your old priorities, all of that which is the old you is now dead. And so he goes on to say, and your life is hid with Christ in him. So, verse four. So then when Christ, now who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Notice that phrase, when Christ who is our life. For those of you who are believers, who have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, your life no longer belongs to you. It's Christ's life now. It's Christ that lives in you. Oh, he wants his values to be your values and his priorities to be your priorities and his identity to be your identity. Why? Because Christ now is our life. And we must come to a place where we surrender and allow Christ to live through our lives. Which leads us here to a, a final thought today as we begin to move through this chapter. You're going to see where now because Christ is in us, when we've changed a focus and we've changed now our thinking, now it's possible for the Spirit of Christ to begin to live His life through our lifestyle and our behaviors and our actions and our habits. Which leads us to the last point that we're talking about today, and that is simply this. We see that a change of focus produces a change in thinking, which ultimately results in a change of behavior. Change of behavior. So as we move through chapter number three over the next few weeks, you're going to see several areas where the Apostle Paul starts to unpack as to what changes when we start living this way, when we start focusing on things above, when, we, when our thinking begins to shift, all of a sudden it's going to create a change. Some of the things that are mentioned here in this passage, your lifestyle's going to change. Your morals are going to change. Your family dynamics and relationships, your parenting might change. Your marriage begins to change. In fact, it even goes on in the end of uh, chapter number three and chapter number four talking about your career and your work ethic begins to change. And so the Apostle Paul over these next few passages is going to unpack what it looks like in the life of a believer who has moved through this process. When we truly have fixed our focus on things above, when we truly are allowing our thoughts to be controlled by spiritual things, it changes the way we live. It changes our lifestyle. It changes our behaviors. It changes our habits. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says this, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why this is so important. You see, what we're focused on affects what we think about. And how we think and what we think about ultimately influences the type of person that we become. And that's why the Apostle Paul, he's, he's, he's talking about how do we bridge what Christ has done in us on a spirit level to what he wants to do through us in a lifestyle realm. How does that, what's the bridge? It's focus on spiritual things. It's allowing our minds to be renewed by spiritual things, which ultimately affects our behavior. I think they might put this on the screens, but whatever controls your thoughts will eventually control your behavior. So I ask you, Christian, what controls your thoughts? What controls your thinking? What controls your focus? What, what do you find yourself obsessing about? 
Because eventually, whatever it is that you're focused on and obsessed with and thinking about and whatever's happening in your mind, eventually is going to play out in your everyday life. It's going to play out in your behaviors. It's going to play out in your habits. And so if you want to see some change take place in your lifestyle, you got to work backwards and be like, okay, what change needs to happen to my focus? What change needs to happen in my thinking? Because when those things get aligned with the spiritual realm, then our lifestyle just begins to fall into place and our life begins to change in, 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 in context. So we see a change of focus, a change of thinking, leads to a change in behavior. Somebody might ask, well, how do we practically move through this? I know for me in my own life, this is an area, honestly, where I spend a lot of tri- time uh, uh, trying to look for ways in which the Spirit of God can re- renew my mind daily, renew my thinking, renew my focus. And, and there are different traditions, there are different rituals that can be used in order to help cultivate a focus on things above and uh, thinking on the things of Christ. But a few things that I have found helpful is allowing yourself to regularly just meditate on the Scriptures. It's one thing to read the Bible, and I hope many of you do. I hope you read it. It's an entirely other thing to allow those scriptures to just continually be going on and on and over and over in your heart and mind and just meditating on the scriptures. What are you meditating on? What do you allow to flow through your mind? Another thing that I often like to do is, is to journal, and I have some journals, and oftentimes all I'm journaling is the promises of God. Man, this is what God has promised in His Word. This is what God says in the scriptures and and physically just writing those things out. Why? Because it helps me focus. It helps to rewire my brain as I'm rewiring it, not not toward what's happening in the temporal realm, but what's happening in the spiritual realm. And so meditating it on in mind and writing out the promises of God and and just regularly practice gratitude and praise towards God. It's so easy to complain, isn't it? And yet if we can train our minds and train our thoughts to regularly look for ways to be thankful, to allow our hearts to be filled with praise and gratitude, that begins to rewire our thinking. It moves our focus. And so when we're complaining, we're kind of focused on what's wrong. When we're praising, we're focusing on all that God is and what He's done right. And so it, it changes our focus. It changes our thinking. Why is this important? Because wherever the mind goes, the man follows. You want to know where your life is going to be five, ten years from now? What are your thoughts? What controls your thoughts? What, what are you obsessed with in your thoughts? What do you value? What, what's your affections? What do you anchor your hope for enjoyment in? Those thoughts, that focus is going to have a huge impact on your future behaviors, your future lifestyle, your future actions. And so if we're going to see metamorphosis take place, if we're going to see this growth take place, this transformation take place, if we're going to see what God has done in our spirit in chapters number one and chapters two play out in our behaviors and in our lifestyle, this passage of verses one through four helps us make the bridge. What is that bridge? Change of focus, a change of thinking, which leads to a change in behavior. Which gives us this takeaway. If you get nothing else, I hope you'll get this. Just jot this down and we'll be done. Change your thinking. And in the process, 
change your life. Change your thinking. Change your life. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.